You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back. BetQL Daily here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G with you on a Friday. It's July 4th weekend. We got a lot to get into. We'll dive into the baseball card coming up in a little bit. Right now, let's talk some football. We'll jump all around here, but we'll start with our next guest, Emery Hunt, joining us. Football game plan on the Roman guest line and uh, and joining us right here on the show. Emery, let's start with the USFL championship game here, which comes up this weekend. It's Birmingham. It's Philadelphia Sunday at 730. What do you think about this matchup here? I love the matchup, man, because you have one of the more exciting teams in Philadelphia coming into this ball game. It's a tale of two seasons for them. The first half of the season, their offense was inconsistent. Their defense couldn't really stop anybody. They started to tighten up on the back end defensively. And once they went to Case Cook as that quarterback, that offense lit up and changed, and they became much more dynamic, much more consistent. And they're playing one of the more steady teams in Birmingham, who from start to finish has been excellent on defense. And offensively, they're getting great play from Jay Marshman. I thought he was locked in last weekend in their playoff game against New Orleans. And both matchups to me are both teams. It's a strength versus strength battle. Great offense versus great defense. I'm excited to see how it's going to play out. Birmingham favored by four and a half. Total of 45. Anything you like? I, I will take Philadelphia in the points here. That point spread to me seems a bit high for what we've been seeing all season long from the USFL. So I do like Philadelphia to keep this one close. I may even sprinkle some on the money line for Philadelphia to win this ball game outright. I love their offense, their ability to work touchdown to check down. It's the defense that worries me a little bit, but I don't fear Birmingham's offense like I do any other team that has the ability to be a quick strike offense. Birmingham is more death by a thousand cuts, but I feel like with Philadelphia's defense being what it is, I can take them to win outright as well over Birmingham. For you watching the league this year, uh, Emery, how long did it take you to get a feel for each team? You know, like every year in college football, the NFL, like we have a background on some most of these players, right? These coaches, we kind of have a feel for what the team should look like, even struggling. This was all brand new. Like how many weeks did it take you to get a feel for, all right, I understand what that team's trying to do. I feel like they're better than their record. right? Like how long did it take you to get a feel for these teams in this season with the USFL? Once they announced who was going on which team, I already knew because I had dived deep into these draft prospects. So I had a book on virtually everyone in this league. So for me, once they had the draft and the, the rosters were laid out, you instantly saw, okay, this team is going to be good. This team is going to be good in this particular part of their, their roster. This team is going to need a lot of help. And lo and behold, as the season went to, you know, going on, you started to see some of the things, some of those things come to fruition, like teams that drafted, quarterbacks high ended up getting usurped by a guy they drafted later or a guy that had to sign because again you don't bring in you know quarterbacks that you already kind of know are limited you know that's going to be an issue and for certain teams it reared this ugly head throughout the season 
to the point where they had to go out and get someone to step in and start and play well. So knowing a lot on these prospects and doing my work in terms of the draft breakdown and scouting reports, I just put out a draft guide this past draft that had over a thousand individual scouting reports. So anyone that's getting signed, I have a book on. So I pretty much knew these teams going in. That's why it's been fun for me to watch and see how these guys take shape and play out. Whether it's the style of play, play callers, overall rosters, is there anything that you learned in this past season that you're going to take with you into next year and apply it as far as team futures, potential champions next year? Continuity is king, and you love the innovation of these coaches that are getting an opportunity to be a head coach at the pro level. That's why you saw Larry Fedora have success. You're seeing Skip Holtz have his team in the championship game. You saw Kevin Sumlin's team finally turn it around toward the back end of the year, won two in a row. They beat both New Orleans and uh, Birmingham. They, they're, they're the only blemish on Birmingham's record. So watching how these college coaches coach pro ball was great to see, and they're going to start to implement their system. Mike Riley is another coach that had a great year, longtime college coach, coached in the NFL as well. But the fact that he was operating a two-quarterback system and he ran it to success that led them to a 9-2 and two record. So for me, it's just watching these coaches really get a full offseason, a full maybe three weeks of training camp instead of you know two weeks of camp. And now we're going to see these offenses. The back end of the season is going to look like the front end of next season. So that's why I'm excited to see a 2023 kickoff. Emory, is there anyone that you've noticed in the league so far that you think is going to make a jump maybe to the NFL? I mean, a couple of years ago, we had the AAF, Greg Ward, wide receiver, He's been with the Eagles for a few years now, and and he's a you know he, he's an NFL wide receiver, kind of bottom of the roster guy. But he was in that league, and he caught people. Essentially, do you think there's anyone that we could see make a jump from the USFL to the NFL soon? Oh, there's going to be a bunch of players. I feel like let's say five. You know, just to give it a, a good number. Case Cook is a quarterback for Philadelphia, may get an opportunity uh, based off how he has played and what he has been able to showcase as a dual threat perspective. Kevontae Turpin, tremendous talent uh, out of TCU. Went overseas, played in Europe, has been thriving here in the USFL. Chris Odom, uh, the sack leader, the defensive MVP uh, out the out of the uh, Houston Gamblers. You know, he's someone that's probably going to get another look in the NFL. Demarquis Gates, the linebacker for Birmingham, is another one that's going to get another look. And I feel like Channing Stribling, the corner for Philadelphia, is a league leader in interceptions, may find himself on an NFL roster as well. And I would also toss in. Reggie Corbin, the outstanding tailback for the Michigan Panthers. Um, every time he got the football, it seemed like Michigan was doing well on offense and he just got away from it. So for me, it's those guys that just immediately jump out of my uh, head. And Sal, uh, Sal Canelo, I'm sorry, the tight end for the New Orleans Breakers. Another one that's a matchup nightmare. You know, he's someone that can play out wide like a big wide receiver, can play down inside and bang inside and work himself open and improve much so as a blocker in the USFL more so than what he was coming out of college. With Emery Hunt at FBall, playing on Twitter, check him out, CBS Sports HQ. And Emery, uh, speaking of the NFL, are there any teams that may be flying under the radar a little bit, but you're buying stock in? Like Once we get past those top teams on the odds board, Chargers are always a popular bet. Now you've got Russ in Denver. We're going to eliminate him. Same thing with Dallas. But once you get further down the board, Baltimore, Indy, Arizona, Miami, Vegas, any of those or any other team flying under the radar that you like this season? There are a couple, man. Baltimore, you mentioned it. Once they got everybody back healthy, you have to put them as one of the favorites, not only in the AFC North, but in the AFC. 
Indianapolis to me is a sleeper uh, because they're getting improved play at quarterback with Matt Ryan, who probably has his best roster that he's had in quite some time. They have a foundational back in Jonathan Taylor, good options out there on a perimeter. I think their defense will be a direct beneficiary of an offense that can now sustain drives and put the ball in the end zone. People are sleeping on Miami. The Dolphins, to me, have an excellent roster, and they have the bit of the unknown with Mike McDaniel is now the head football coach. So I feel like people are underselling the Dolphins, who have been flirting with the playoff berth the last couple of years, and so now they look ready to break through. I would also keep an eye out on Seattle. I know people don't talk about Seattle because they don't have Russell Wilson, um, and justifiably so, but don't undersell Geno Smith and the camaraderie he has with that team and, and the, the value that he's built up over the years backing up Russell Wilson. The Seahawks, to me, on paper, have a good roster, a roster that can compete. And if Geno can play stabilized football, can kind of drive the bus, so to speak, Seattle has enough to be a nuisance and could potentially fight for that, uh, that seventh playoff spot. And I would also toss out New Orleans. Jameis Winston is back healthy. That receiving core looks like it's the best they've had since the Joe Horn, Jerome Payton era. I know some people may also bring in Marcus Colson and and uh, what they had also in Lance Moore. I can I can take that argument as well. But when you talk about Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara in the backfield, Jameis Winston working touchdown and check down the passing game. You can't forget about Callaway and also Hardy, Deontay Hardy, um, the speedster that also gets deep down the field. This Saints team, along with what could be the best defense in the NFC, they could be the NFC favorite, in my opinion. Now I'm thinking of the turn, uh, the the cell phone celebration when he, when he got the cell phone after he caught the touchdown here. It's a blast from the past. Emery, let me throw a team at you um, that I, I cover and talk about all the time, pay attention to close. But I'm wondering your perspective. Eagles are getting a lot of hype. Um, big offseason. They trade for A.J. Brown. Uh, I saw Pro Football Focus rank them as the seventh best roster in the NFL the question is going to be how big of a jump does Jalen Hurts take? I'm a Hurts believer. I think he's going to take a jump this year. What's your perspective on the Eagles? How good could they be? They can be really good. I think they challenge for the NFC East. It's going to come down whether or not they split with Dallas. Because if they can split with Dallas, I think they win the division. If they get swept by Dallas, then obviously I think the Cowboys take that division. And I'm with you. Hurts is going to make a significant jump. We hadn't seen him with you know the same offensive coordinator since high school. So now – you go into a situation where you know the offense, know the plays, the roster got better around you. But the biggest jump that no one's talking about this year for Philadelphia is on the defensive side of the football. They were atrocious on defense. They couldn't stop anybody. Case in point, you think back to last year when everyone was talking about Justin Herbert. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jalen Hurts had that team up with a lead with about three minutes left in that game, gave the ball back to the defense. Defense let Herbert walk march down the field and get in position to kick the game-winning field goal. So if they had a better defense, that record looks a lot better. They have a better defense now, at least on paper. I love what they've done with the second level. You bring in Hassan Reddick. You bring in N'Kobe Dean out of Georgia. You also bring in Kaiser White from the Chargers, who I think was a very underrated player. Your front end will help out your back end. They got better in the secondary as well. Now this offense, which should be a little bit more dynamic and explosive in Jalen Hurts' second year in this, the same system, 
for the first time in his career since going back to high school, like I mentioned. The Eagles are a team that can be considered an NFC contender uh, to get to the Super Bowl, but the Dallas Cowboys are the team that they have to make sure they don't get swept by. Jalen Hurts has been a busy NFL MVP pick. Some spots have it as low as 20 to 1 already. And uh, Emory, I was starting to take a look at some NFL MVP potential winners because we think Aaron Rodgers won't do it for a third straight time, but but who knows? I, the last five years, it's been a quarterback. I mean, that's been going on for decades now. It's become a quarterback award, but it's been a quarterback with the number one seed. And if you look at the AFC West, a lot of those quarterbacks are very high up on the odds board. You've got Mahomes. Uh, Herbert in that nine to one, ten to one range, and then of course Russell Wilson with the move to Denver, fourteen to one. Do you think an AFC West team can be the one seed in the in the AFC? Mm, that's a good question. It's tough because Baltimore is sitting right there in the north, uh, and if it's going to happen, it's probably going to be KC. I can see Denver making the case too because Russell Wilson almost immediately improves that roster. Uh, they already had talent on paper. They just didn't get consistent quarterback play. Russell Wilson would give them that consistency, and so we should see that offense just thrive. But you still have Kansas City right there with Patrick Mahomes and what he's able to do each and every week. Plus, he has a factor of the wild plays, and we know that you know rings heavy in the ears and, and sticks in the mind of MVP voters. So I can see those two being uh, in neck and neck in terms of racing for the MVP, but that guy out there in Baltimore is – phenomenal had he not gotten hurt last year we're talking about a two-time mvp in lamar jackson anyway eight and three when he got hurt and missed the playoffs when uh, lamar went out all right let's jump to college football here I mean, we got to get your thoughts on what happened yesterday usc ucla to the big 10 um what's your thought on what's happened to college football i just i know i can't wait for the saturday afternoon rutgers ucla big 10 game that just that screams big 10 to me yeah i i, I hate the the fact that we're now in a situation where this is a, a reality. I'm a traditionalist. I love smaller regional conference matchups. That's what makes college football so unique. And I guarantee if you had a moment of clarity uh, off the record with a lot of ADs around the country, they would say the same thing. They would rather bust leagues than having UCLA play Rutgers at you know 6 a.m. local time uh, for, for UCLA. Uh, but I do love the matchups. I'm excited to see a conference game between USC and and Ohio State, you know? So I feel like we are getting, it's become a, even more so of a business than it had already been. Uh, it, been a, it has been a quiet business, but it's now becoming a loud business. Um, I wish we go back to these smaller regional conferences where you can develop that rivalry and, and have unique styles of play. But I feel like now everything has become national to where it takes away what college football used to be all about. Yeah, and I think most college football fans would agree with you. Such a big part of uh, college sports is that tradition. I'm in the area of Notre Dame and Michigan in Big Ten country, and now that is just completely out the window. Uh, When it's all said and done, when this thing settles in a few years, how many major conferences are we going to be talking about? Um, I would probably say three to four, maybe three, because right now if you're the ACC you're, you're hoping the SEC is not looking at Florida State, Miami, Georgia Tech, and Clemson. You know, because if you lose those four to the SEC, the ACC is non, uh, non-existent, right? Um, and the Pac-12, yeah, they could grab a, a few teams here there, but you lose your two landmark 
programs in USC and UCLA, it makes it tough for the Pac-12. So maybe three or four. But if you're the Big 12, um, you probably can recoup some some teams and and scoop up some other ones. But it's going to be hard for you, too, because you lost your Oklahoma and Texas. Uh, so I, I'm guessing maybe three super conferences. Um, An underrated thought would be if these HBCU programs joined forces and moved up to the FBS level. That's another element that uh, I think people will start to talk about and get to know uh, a little bit more of. And that could be something that's coming down the pike soon. More dominoes to fall. Emory, appreciate you hopping on. Emory Hunt on the Roman guest line. Get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash now to get $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash Becuel. We'll dive in today's baseball card next right here on the Becuel Network. You're listening to BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM, with Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL.